Welcome to Like Father, Like Son, a Concordia Sentinel sports podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Joey Martin and Jake Martin. And welcome back to Like Father, Like Son, where we'll see you for stress-induced sleep loss over losing an <laughs> NFL draft pick. Dad, please tell me you've read the best story of the week this morning. Yeah, that's, that's new to me. What happened? <laughs> okay, well... Some Patriot fans, uh, I think it's seven of them, are suing the NFL over the whole deflate gate uh, issue where they lost the, the, the draft pick. Um, one said the scandal has left his seven-year-old daughter disillusioned, and another said the NFL sanctions have caused him stress and loss of sleep. So that's why I love America. That's it. I was thinking about that the other day, actually. You know, it's, I don't know if you're – Remember, remember, uh, remember, Bum Phillips when he coached with the Houston Oilers, he had the uh, footballs tested to see if they had helium when they played the Ray Guy, and he was booming those punts. Huh. Well, I just think that uh, that it's. I, I, I sorry, I read that story and I couldn't stop from laughing. I I, I think that's uh, quite hilarious. But let's get on to some serious topics. LSU football. You know, this I'm very interested in this. Uh, I want to start with defense first because Beck was back. Kendall Beck with return from his uh, knee injury. So he's working with the ones. And right after Devin White starts working with the ones, Duke Riley comes back also. He missed a few practices because uh, he he had a, a newborn. He comes back and he starts working with the inside linebackers when most of us figured he'd be an outside linebacker. So Beckwith and Duke Riley started working with the ones and Devin White and Donnie Alexander started working with the twos. What I'm saying here is we have no idea who's going where when it comes to linebackers. Yeah, and that, that may be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just um, that's why I'm really looking forward to the spring game because I want to see where guys are working and, and how it's how it's looking because – I really did figure Riley would be one of the outside linebackers, but if he's working with the inside linebackers in poor Devin Voorhees, he, he starts working with the ones a couple weeks ago. And now he figures to be a third stringer. It's just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of fun not knowing, um, as much as I want to know, it's kind of interesting looking, looking at it from the outside and going, you know, what? I don't know how this thing's going to stack up. Exactly, and I like when I'm reading about uh, spring practices where they're using little dump-off passes, and gosh, we've never seen that. And just yeah. think about that or, or Darius Geis with the room to run. Well, since you jumped over there, uh, <laughs> that's I read about that too, and that's that's what seems to be uh, interesting is they are concentrating on the checkdowns, according to Cam Cameron. He said that uh, you know DJ Chark, Leonard Fournette, and Geis, as you mentioned they all had big receptions from the check down and, you know, you know, all three of those guys can make uh, plays in open space. So that's what you like to see. That's what you wanted to, to see in, in previous years. Um, Zach Mettenberger did it more in his second year. Maybe Harris will do it more. And now that he's going on his second year of starting. Um, but the thing is, you know, coming from that close scrimmage Saturday, LSU quarterbacks completing more than 80% of their passes it's it's almost kind of like uh you know whose line is, is it anyway where the points don't matter it, it's just like 
it's a 110 play scrimmage and we don't know what the scrimmage simulation looks like. So after that, I saw a lot of fans were pretty excited, which I mean, you should be, you know, they're throwing uh, for over 600 yards and 80%, but you just don't know. You, I think, I think it's um, you should have cautious optimism. Uh, oh yeah. And I like what somebody said, uh, kind of funny that they had their most productive, productive day the day after Brett Favre is at the football camp. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and then I saw some other people were, were worried about the defense, but it's just like, you can't, you really can't read too much into that, uh, which I don't even really like reporting on that, but it is interesting to to see that, Hey, I guess they can complete passes if, if, if need, need be. <laughs> um, one thing, another thing I want to touch on on defense is, you know, Arden key, he looks to be the superstar. Uh, he's he's going to play the buck position, which is an outside linebacker position that would pr- primarily be a rusher. Uh, now what's different in Aranda's defense is both outside linebackers will rush and drop back in coverage. But, but back to my point, key, key was a nightmare in the backfield during that scrimmage. And, and that's just what I'm expecting all season long. You, you, every time I, I see him, uh, on the big cat videos, he's just standing there and you, and you can just tell, you know, LSU has so many great athletes, but he stands out among amongst all of them. And he, I just think he's going to be an absolute superstar. He might even eclipse Jamal Adams as far as being the defensive superstar this year. I agree. He's, he's reminds me a lot of uh Barkevious Mingo. He does. He really does. And, and, and of course that comes from the frame, but man, he's, I think he's already, he's packed on pounds or, or mass quicker than, than Marquinhos yeah. Mingo did. Uh, moving over to LSU baseball. Did you get to watch the series against Auburn? I did not. I was reading up on it and uh, certainly needed that, didn't they? They did need that. I, I think, do you think Jordan Ramirez played himself into the, into the starting lineup. You, you would think so, right? Exactly. Two, two doubles, two homers, and seven RBI. Um, it, it, I guess, do, do you want Dykeman to be that three-hole hitter? They're still trying to figure out this lineup. I mean, this lineup changes more than Louisiana weather. Uh, Dykeman seems to be the guy, though, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, I think so, too, there, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you say, it's it's going to be who's hot and who's not, I guess. Yeah, they're still trying to put that thing together. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go to some local action. Um, okay, first of all, congratulations on the Villanova sort of pick last week. Uh, you kind of figured they would be the only team that could beat North Carolina, and you were right. Well, I said that they could match rebounds with North Carolina, which you know that's just because that that power forward is 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 very good. A cheek a cheek I can never say his name. Yeah. Um, but what a game. That was probably the greatest title game That's I've, I've seen. Game. And I did not know until a couple of days ago that uh, North Carolina had no fast break points. That's amazing. It is. It is. It, it was a heck of a game. It kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. You kept It kept feeling like North Carolina was going to eventually pull it out. And then when Marcus Page hits that shot. Yeah. But, boy, wow, on Roy Williams' press conference afterwards. I'm not a big Roy Williams fan going back to his days at Kansas and the Lester Earl deal, but he talked about how they rolled the ball in to save time earlier in the game, and without doing that, it may not have gone into overtime. And I love what he said. He said there's such a small difference between winning and losing, but a huge difference in the feeling. Well, that's a that's gold right there. That's a great quote. That's an mm-hmm. awesome quote. For sure, but let's let's get to the local stuff. Um, I haven't gotten to watch Vidalia baseball play this year, but 
But from what I'm hearing from others, there's some real problems going on there. Uh, errors, you got guys missing cutoffs and, and other relatable miscues. They got their first district win last night against Marksville. Uh, one and four in district now. When you watch Fidelia, what, what are you seeing? And, and, you know, I was talking to Cal the other day, and, you know, they've got three quality seniors, three or four. But he's, you know, he reminded me they're playing still a, lot, a number of freshmen and sophomores. And, and Chandler Grayson and Cole King Jimmy, they're doing a great job on bound, but they're not getting a lot of support behind them. It's like they have to strike out the batter to get the out. But again, you know, that, that was a huge win last night. They're still number 28 in the power rankings. Um, young guys, if they can just grow up and just get better, you know, they can make a run. But uh, I just got to say the leadership on this team has been outstanding. And, and guys like Chandler Grayson and Nathan Knapp and Cole and Jimmy are really, really giving it their all. Well, that, that just isn't the day of baseball to me. Um, you know, the air, like you said, and and I kind of saw bits and pieces of this last year, where you almost have to get the strikeout to get the out. That's not baseball, and that's not Vidalia baseball. It's um, definitely not Vidalia baseball. I, I know this team lost a good bit from a year ago, including two of its top three guys in the top of the order. However, they they got some pretty good talents. I mean, I mean they got some good talent like like Tristan Weatherly to join the team, and of course, you know Chandler and, and Cole Kim Jimmy, they've been solid throughout their careers with Vidalia. Cameron, I guess what, Rogers. Right. Cameron Rogers too. He had a great freshman year last year. I guess what I'm asking you is, is since you've seen them play, are, are the complaints surrounding this team valid? Cause I'm hearing a lot of complaints. Well, I mean, they are, they're making the mental mistakes. You just don't like to see, especially this time of year, but um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And then they're, they're shooting themselves in the foot a lot and they're, they are in a tough district, but uh, that, like I say, we'll see how it transpires on out. And where Vidalia baseball has struggled, the Lady Vikings have struggled even more so, especially as of late. Um, it, it, there seems to be much more reason for their struggle. They'll struggle, though. They lost undoubtedly the best softball player in the Miss League last season in Taylor Rogers. They also lost most of their starting lineup to graduation. But this group just just doesn't seem to be as, as, as mature, and, it, and it's cost them in district play, wouldn't you say? Yeah. And, you know, if you want to talk about chemistry, just look at this team. The chemistry is just not there as it was last year. And and there's just a lot of things going on that uh, I know is frustrating to the coaches. Uh, they're looking for more commitment from some of the girls. And, and yeah, it's been a tough year. And uh, But, you know, once again, you're still right around 33. But obviously in, in, in an even tougher district in softball, they, they, it, it's it's – there's no more room for, for error. I wanted to ask you about Monterey. Uh, is, is my guy Jake Barlow still on fire? I mean, coming off of those 15 strikeouts and, and two homers in a game. They, they lost a tough one last night to uh, Grace Christian, 13 to nine. They actually scored eight runs in the sixth inning. But, uh, you know, Grace Christian's right near the top. Uh, yeah. Jake's still, still doing a good job. But, man, they're in the toughest district in the, in the area. That's and they're still number 19 in the power ranking. So, yeah, they just the, – the competition they're playing, they won't see that type early in the playoffs. So, still got a lot of hope for the Wolves. And is there any update on Delta Charter where they're going to be placed? Because I see they're ranked 25 by, by Louisiana Sports Line. And, of course, uh, all that stuff doesn't come into play until next next season. But right. – 
any more word on, on their situation? Yeah, that ain't going until they have 12 grades, which you'll have next year. Um, you know, left another message. It's kind of like trying to deal with uh, Coach Vitor at ULM. It's just not getting a response. But uh, actually, the Lady Storm are, are playing really well. Beat uh, FCCS 19-6. to And even though it doesn't mean anything, like you say, this year, they're ranked number 10 in Class A, which is saying a lot. Yeah, they 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 are. I see that they are ranked ten, and and of course, that that's got to that's got to hurt Jeannie, you know, knowing that you're you're, you're right there. You, you would ha- you would host a, you know, the, the opening series, but obviously not eligible. Right, but, especially as competitive she is, absolutely. Right, but uh, the good thing is you got everybody back plus more next year, so. Right. Uh, that's that's a lot to be excited for. Faraday Track, uh, I saw they they did pretty well over over this past week. T.J. Swanson, a, a football star in his own right, placed first in the hundred meter dash, while Keontae Fortune was first in the thirty two hundred. You know, c- covering this track team, Dad, uh, what do you make of the, of, the, of their performance, finishing third oh, in the tournament? Just, they they have really been a, a very competitive, and and you know, you talk about T.J. Swanson, we knew. You know what to expect from him when uh, Coach Woods told us that he had the fastest time at the Alcorn camp before last season, and uh, yeah, they've got some guys really stepping up, and and you know, you know, obviously they have the athletes, but I like what they're doing, and uh, and the girls as well, Diamond Johnson, but I also wanted to mention uh, Mitchell Washington. Boy, he Dwight told me he has really been impressing a lot of coaches. He he throws the discus and. Uh, uh, just hey, look for big things from him. But I, I like what they're doing, and and I wouldn't be surprised to see him bringing home some uh, medals in the state. Absolutely. You got any miscellaneous for us this week? I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, I do. I was uh, working on my column this week about uh, just some of the early prognostications about college football, and I found that actually that LSU actually has been the site of game day eleven times. With 25 appearances, Alabama has the most appearances at home with 15, followed by Ohio State with 14, Florida, Michigan, 12 each. Florida State has hosted 11 times, Southern Cal 10. Notre Dame, 8, but they have 27 appearances. Mississippi State and Ole Miss have hosted game day once. To me, that's embarrassing. That ties these two Mississippi teams who have been very competitive the past few years with James Madison, Bowling Green, Harvard, Vanderbilt, and Florida A&M. Come on, ESPN. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty bad. I, I, I knew Ole Miss's uh, situation, but I didn't realize uh, Mississippi State was tied with one. Um, wow, that's something. You know, and you would figure they would come to an egg bowl uh, one year, but... Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we we appreciate uh, another week with spending another week with us, and uh, we look forward to uh, delivering some more Miss Lou Concordia Parish news next week. So join us then. <laughs>